Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal and Renee, and we're so happy you joined us today. We are going to do another episode. Our very second episode ever was called The Target List, and we're going to redo that episode today because so much time has passed and we kind of have some new information, some things to clear up, and some a lot of the stuff's still the same. But we're going to go back over it now that we're in a professional studio. Last time we were recording from home, and for some strange reason, Renee was always loud and clear as a bell and I sounded muffled and far away so we're going to fix that now because we are in a professional studio here in Dallas Texas and we're very excited that you're joining us and before we get going I just thought I would ask everyone please to uh, leave us a review if you don't mind if you enjoy the program on we would love five stars if possible on Apple and Spotify and on Apple you can actually leave you know comments and that would be greatly appreciated and Also, if we are on Instagram, if you ever want to contact us, please message us through Facebook or Instagram. Our handles are always the same. It's True Crime Rods. We also have a discussion group called um, Missy Beaver's Discussion Group, something True Crime Rods, Mm -hmm. like a dash or something. So come and join us there on Facebook if you want to chat about the case. Yes. Um, Yeah, we um, normally... um, I think we've ran out of reviews, but we need to take a break. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Page 2 Inspection Services, LLC. Specializing in foundation inspection reporting, commercial, residential, and home or mixed-use properties. They handle prompt reporting and services at the most competitive price in the structural engineering field. PAL Engineering Services also specializes in structure, structure reporting, and mechanical engineering in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, and throughout the state of Texas. They do structural inspection, track full home inspection and evaluation, foundation inspection and repair plan, modular home inspection, pest inspection, mechanical and electrical inspections, drainage plans, and retaining walls. Be sure and Check them out at uh, www.page2inspections.com or www.palengineeringinc.com. The phone number to reach them at is 972-268-4140. Thank you for supporting True Crime Broads. Hey, y'all, the True Crime Broads. We're having our very first Facebook Live. We're really excited about it. We can't wait to see and hear you. It's going to be on Saturday, February 11th at noon Central Standard Time. Till 1.30. And you can call in with your questions, comments, or suggestions. Please join us. We can't wait to see you. Okay, we also wanted to remind everyone, please call us or message us with any cases that you might want us to cover. Unsolved murders or missing persons. We're here to help you keep that stuff in the public eye. Yeah, and keep tips coming in so that way, um, you know, the cases are still being worked until they're solved. We're, try- we're here to help y'all get justice. So if you know of anybody, just let us know. We're happy to cover those as well and hopefully get some guests on because that always helps. Yeah, and if you yourself want to be a guest and that's a case that you're close to, please, please think about being on. If you're not comfortable on video, we will not use video. We'll just do audio only. It's up to you. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. 
And today we're switching gears a little bit. I know we've done many episodes in a row on the Missy Beavers case. And today we are covering another Ellis County murder who was also a, mur- a mother that was the victim. This woman was murdered in her own home. She was found on the 100 block of Cumberland Drive in Waxahachie, Texas, between the hours of 1.30 and 3.30 a.m., found brutally murdered in her bed. So today we have a guest on. It's her daughter, who was 18 at the time of the murder. And without further ado, we'll introduce Kimberly. Welcome back to True Crime Broads. And we are here with our special guest, Kimberly. I will let Renee introduce her. Renee's been talking to her for quite some time. Hi, Kimberly. Thank you so much for being being on our podcast and joining us today to talk about... um, your mother and her and her death and and what all happened back in 2009 it was so long ago and today we're covering the jennifer kinder smiles case yes yes it's been quite a while but thanks for having me on you're welcome okay so tell us a little bit about um your mom was um murdered on june 17 2009 in waxahachie texas correct yes okay tell us about Tell us about that day. Um, Normal day, just like any other day. Um, I had just graduated high school, so I was working way more than I normally was. So I went to work that afternoon at five. Um, I spoke with my mom through text message probably sometime that day. Just normal stuff. Um, I can't remember like what day it fell on like during the week, like a Monday, Tuesday. Um, But I went into work at 5 p.m. And then I got out of there at about 1230 and then went home. Mm -hmm. Um, I got on the computer and um, noticed that one of my friends was about to swear in and go to um, the Marines. Mm -hmm. So I saw he was up. I messaged him, um, decided, okay, he lived right down the road in like a neighborhood close. And so I decided I'm going to go over there because he was leaving in a few days. Um, And a lot of our friends were over there, too, just hanging out. So I think I left our house at like 1 a.m. And I went to his house um, and we were just hanging out. Everything seemed very normal when I got home at 1230. Um, So I got changed. I left. I came back. Um probably around like 3:30 ish and i noticed that i had two puppies and they were outside when i they they weren't allowed inside because they tore everything up and they were puppies so right. we just kept them in the backyard um very rarely did we let them in and when i opened the front door i noticed the dogs were inside which was strange because we do not let them in so I go and I walk through our kitchen to where the back door was and the back door was open. And I thought that is so weird. So very weird, but I didn't, it wasn't like so alarming at first. Um, I realized later why it was open, but I let the dogs out and then I decided to get back on the computer. Um, and the computer was directly across from the back door but I could have plain sight into my mother's bedroom and she never slept with the door closed. It was always open. Um, 
And so I'm on the computer and then I notice just out of like my peripheral vision that there's trash. Uh, I don't know if it was trash. Oh, no. She used to get her clothes dry cleaned. And no, it was trash. The dogs had gotten into the trash can next to her bed. So I was <laughs> like, oh, crap. I need to go clean that up, you know, so she's not like, why is there trash all over my floor? So I go in there. I don't turn on the light or anything. I'm trying to be quiet. It's like right next to the door. Well, then once I'm in there, I notice that her dry cleaning was knocked off of her closet door, which I thought was really weird. And for whatever reason, um, my instinct, even though she was sleeping and my thoughts, was to turn the light on. And so that's what I did to find what I found. So... And then after that, it was just like, uh, it, oh, I'm shaking. Just saying, it's been a while since I've told this story. So just um, I'm sorry. Bear yeah. with me a minute. Oh, please take um, your time. So I turned the light on to discover um, what had happened. And for whatever reason, my first instinct was to go to my phone and just call the last person that I had called. And I did that with just, I mean, I don't, I've never been in a situation like that. Right. It was just, so I called my friend Chance. He was the last person that I called before I went to Kyle's house, who was the guy that was my friend that was leaving for the Marines. Um, And Chance was over there, another friend of ours. And then I'm on the phone with him and I'm like, I don't even remember what I told him. I didn't really tell him anything. I was just kind of freaking out. And then I just hang up on him and I call the the police. Um, and then everything after that is just like, like a, like a blur. Just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it. Um, like I can visually remember it. Um, I remember what happened and things like that, but that is basically how I bet it was. I think it was like three thirty eight when I called, like I can remember exactly looking at the clock that was in a room and calling and like, I can see it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I shortly after the cops showed up, um, I don't know if y'all have heard the recording of me on the phone with the operator, but I stayed on the phone with her until they showed up. And then, you know, I was taken to the station and I, I don't know. I don't think I slept from when I woke up that day for like two or three days. Oh Lots my of gosh. people. Yeah. Well, I couldn't. I couldn't at first, but um, yeah, it was just an eventful day. Yeah. How long did your mom live in that house? Um, I think we were there for like two years, maybe. Was was she renting um, or did she purchase the house? I think that she bought the house. Okay. That I'm not a hundred. I'm I'm almost positive she wasn't renting. Okay, but that I I mean I don't know for sure. From my understanding, it was foreclosed, so it was a foreclosure after we left because okay nobody was making payments. So I'm assuming that she it was right. bought make, in her name. That makes sense. Um, and I can't remember who I heard that from. Maybe my dad. I'm not sure, to be honest. I tried to handle as much as I could, but there was, I was only 18. I didn't know what being a beneficiary, what all that meant. You right, know? right. 
and I couldn't afford any of these things. Not that I wanted to stay in that house anyways, but, um, you know, like I, I could only do so much. I don't even know if I contacted anybody about that house to like, you know, say, Hey, here's a death certificate. Um, do what you need to do. How how so, long did you stay in the house after the murder? That would be terrifying. I did not stay okay. in the house. Right. I yeah, don't blame I did. you. They told me, they told me I stayed with my friend, um, Allison Grady, and I stayed with them for a while until I got an apartment a few months after the incident had happened. Okay. Um, but like I, I went in and got what I needed. And then I had, um, some I had some friends come and like remove the bed and stuff like that for me before I even went into the house again just to you know get rid of it and right. they closed the door they well they did that so I could go in and get my mother's things for me which I really appreciated but I did not stay in that house I went in I went back like two or three times after they told me I could to get all of my things and then that was it yes that's that's so hard yeah. Wow. So what did you initially think that had happened to your mom or, or what were your guesses? I um, I definitely knew that it was a gunshot because I could see in the chest, but I didn't know. But I, I, after I was sitting down and thinking about it at the police station, I thought it had to have been that because there wasn't like like lacerations. And the only reason I can recall like the body itself is because they wanted me to do CPR. And I'm like, definitely not doing that. Like I was oh telling them, yeah, they were like, you need to do CPR. I'm like, she's definitely dead. You know, I'm like crying hysterically. So I like was looking at the body and you can see like a hole, mm -hmm. but I didn't know about the gunshot wound to the back of the head until later. But then I didn't really even know what would have happened. You know, I, at 18, you're just, you have your whole life where you're just consumed with school and work. I was on the drill team. So I did a lot of that. I was busy with that. And then, you know, friends, you don't, you don't really even know about things like that. You just don't think it's ever going to happen to you either. Exactly. So. I didn't really know what to think, but I, you know, I spent a lot of time after that thinking um, about a lot of different things just from like sitting in with um, interviews with like my mom's best friend or like with my dad or with my sisters, you know, just hearing lots of different information mm -hmm. then gets your own thought process going of like, okay, I didn't know this. So maybe this. You know, you just start thinking um, and then kind of putting things together for yourself. And at the moment and for a few days after that, it was really just shock and sadness and grief. Um, but as I time passed, you kind of put things together or have more of an understanding of maybe why it happened. Um that I can't go into too much detail about, but yeah, I didn't really know what to think then, but I definitely have some thoughts now. Well, that makes sense after time passes and, you know, and you, you learn things that you didn't know before. I mean, you were young mm -hmm. and I, I can't even imagine going through something like this at 
at any age, but specifically, I mean, 18, that's just horrible. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, the fortunate thing was that it wasn't when my youngest sister, there's nine years difference. So she was nine when this happened. And, um, I'm just glad that she was not in the home. And then I have another sister, but she lives um, in New Braunfels. So, you know, she wasn't there either because she wasn't living with us. She was living with um, our dad. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just thankful that like my youngest sister wasn't there because I could not imagine being nine and having to, you know, see. Yeah, yeah, she was with her dad for the summer. So So there's three of you? There's three of us. Yes. Okay. Man, that is... I'm, I am glad that, that I can't even imagine. I can't imagine at any age, but specifically nine. Yeah. I mean, it was already hard enough at, at that age, losing your mother. I couldn't imagine having to see and have to try and process that at such a young age. So exactly. I am grateful for that, you know. Okay. So tell us. Okay. So. You go in, you call 911, they come out. Um, when they question you, do they question you like you're a suspect or do they question you like you're just a family member that doesn't know what happened? I guess I guess it's kind of customary for people to, for the police to, to question people like suspects always. But what was your yeah, experience they, like? They wanted to know like what happened and where I was. And um, they wouldn't, they, I got asked by two different detectives Maybe I think maybe three. Um, it was the same thing. Like walk us through it. What 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 did you do that day? Um, you know. And then I had to write a written statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were like, "Hey, can we collect DNA from you?" And I, of course, I was like, "Yes," because um, I mean, if you don't have anything to hide, you're you're just going to do that. And then mm-hmm. right. I think, I don't know if it was a few days later or maybe a few weeks, um, but I did a, a, you know, a polygraph test. Um, I definitely at first, you know, your first initial was a little questioning. Like I felt more like a suspect than I did feel like somebody cooperating. Right. Um, And then, you know, uh, once things were being put together by them, it definitely switched to more of me like cooperating. You could feel it. Right. I definitely didn't feel like a suspect anymore, but definitely at first it was, I was the only one home, you know, I, they, I later found out no force entry. So like I had the key, you know, things like that. So definitely kind of felt like a suspect at first. Um, but they didn't really grill me either. Cause I was clearly wow. distraught and, and like upset and I will so say, I, I, I will say that, like, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, oh, I was just going to say, I never felt like immense pressure, like it, from being interviewed and interrogated in that sense. That's good. And, and I will say but that. But they definitely that, had questions. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. I was just going to say that's definitely normal. My husband and I found my mom year, in 2021 deceased in her home and she's elderly. She had no wounds on her, no gunshot, nothing like that. It was, it was definitely natural causes, but they still separated us in question. I was too distraught to re- realize that, but my husband told me later, she go, he goes, yeah, they had us separated. When you were talking to that one 
officer, the other officer took him to another room and asked him to see if our stories matched. So, you oh, know, yeah. e- even in an, in an obvious case of no foul play, they still do that stuff. So that's totally normal. Yeah. And I mean, I, I fully expected it too. I mean, they were super nice and super accommodating and nobody, you know, didn't get asked questions in like an aggressive manner. Um, nobody did me. It wasn't like what you see on a TV where I'm like stuck in before and they leave me there for hours. It was not like that at right, all. Right, right. Just they kind of the norm. They just did the normal and I, thing. And my friend and her mom showed up. Yeah, I mean, they definitely had questions at first, but it definitely eased up. And then it was more like, okay, you know, we'll give you some time, but we need you back in so you know to help us out to connect some dots and stuff like that. Right. Um, but it it wasn't near as hard as maybe somebody might have thought. I definitely didn't feel like a suspect at all. That's good. I'm glad that it. Yeah. I mean, it it makes sense that they have to do their job. So, but I'm glad that it you know oh, for they sure. were able to get the answers they needed and move forward with the investigation. Uh, you mentioned key while ago about the door key. Um, yes. So your mom obviously had a key and then you had a key. Did anybody else have a key? Um, a few, my youngest sister had a key, um, because we lived down the road from her school. So if she walked home, mm-hmm. um, she had a key and then, um, I don't know if anybody, I mean, I do know, but I don't know about sharing can you say that again you kind of cut out right i do know that there was one other key um i just don't know about sharing that information okay that makes sense no problem okay because that was one thing about the case that really stuck out to me was that there was no forced entry so it kind of makes sense that the person either your mom would have recognized them or they had some way to get in without her being aware of it. I guess it has to be one of those two things if there's not forced entry. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't even know if somebody else, I I take that back because now it's coming back. There was four keys. Um, and there's a key, I believe. Do you remind? Do you mind sure. repeating that sentence? I'm so sorry. It's, we're getting a message saying that your network bandwidth is low, and so it cut out what you just said. Do you mind repeating okay. just the last sentence? I'm so sorry. Um, I, I take that back. Somebody else didn't have the spare key. Um, it's been a long time since I've had to think about this. So I'm if I retract, it's just because it's coming back. It makes um, sense. No problem. There, there. There was a fourth key because um, the doors were the doors were changed, and so we there was four keys. Um, and my mom and my youngest sister and I all lived in the house, so we all had a key. And then there was a spare on the filing cabinet that was next to the computer in like the little kitchen area by the back door. Um, and I know that a few people knew uh, people knew that that was there. Not a bunch of people, but there were a few people who knew that that spare key was there. Was that key returned after her murder or was it missing from that spot on the file cabinet? Um, I think when they went to investigate, it was missing. Um, I can't recall to be honest. That's okay. That's okay. But 
<clears throat> I would assume since there was no forced entry that it was missing. You know, I'm not sure, though. Oh, yeah, that would explain somebody being able to get in and and they didn't knock on the door between whatever time you said one thirty and three thirty, and she right. answered the door i mean what are the what are the odds that your mom would get up and answer the door i know if somebody knocked on the door in the middle of the night unless it was my husband or my children i wouldn't probably open the door for them unless it was you know a friend that needed help in the middle of the night but right but if no, if, there, if the, the key was of that happening were probably slim to none um, because my younger sister wasn't home and then all of my mom's really like her best friends, they all lived in like the Arlington area. So it's not like anybody would have been knocking. And then I had a key. Right. So, so if somebody um, would have knocked, she may not have answered it. But if the key was on top of the file cabinet inside the house, if a person used that key to get in, they would have had to have been in the house and then taken it with them. Right. To get back Prior. in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And I don't know if the key was there or wasn't there. I've, you know, I, it's been so long. And honestly, I've never even read any of the files or anything. Um, I've been sent them and I can read them at any time. I probably should and maybe should have before coming on because there are things that I can't remember. Um, but I can't, you know, I can't tell you if it was missing or not. I don't even remember, but I know, I mean, I just assumed that it probably was because everybody had a key except for that one. And there was no force entry. So, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know. Right. It, the, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, then who has it? Where did it go? If it was missing, um, because how do you get into a locked house, which we were very adamant about locking all the time. Um, what about the windows? Could someone have come in a window and closed it behind them when they left? No, the windows, whoever owned the house before painted the trim around the windows. It's an older home. It had mm -hmm. like thick wood trim around the windows. They were basically painted shut. Okay. I gotcha. mean, you would have to like get a knife and cut before it would be so noticeable to do that. Right. You know, you couldn't even do that from the outside. Yeah, police would have definitely noticed that. Right. If it had right. if there had I been a break in, was, in a window. Yeah. Well, and they're loud. They're super loud to open because they're just so heavy. Mm -hmm. And just from my observation and the way that I remember it, there's no way that she was awake whenever this happened. Oh, okay. So yeah. that kind of answers the question that definitely somebody had to have a key. So they so so law enforcement they don't they came to the conclusion that she did not open the door and let someone in because she was asleep. Um, that I don't know. I mean, that's the conclusion that I myself would come to. Okay. Just from the scene itself. Okay, that makes sense. Did your mom ever talk about being afraid of anyone? Anybody that no. made her nervous? No. Um, we didn't really talk too much like that. Mm -hmm. um, but she never she never voiced any nervousness about people to me. Okay. I can, I can understand that. As a mom, you probably don't want to 
share with your daughter any kind of, you know, being nervous about someone to make them even more nervous because you want to be the person that takes care of your your child and you don't want to be like expressing that kind of information. I get that. I get that. Right. There's like a safe boundary. Right. You know? Yeah. What about your mom? Was she dating anyone? Um, Was she married? Um, She was married to my youngest sister's dad, and I think they were married for 10 or 11 years. But they had had been separated, and I don't know if they were officially divorced or not. I couldn't tell you. I I would assume that they were um, for like two or three years. Mm -hmm. Um, She dated a guy that she had known for a long time. Um, and I don't remember how long they dated. It was, it was a while, but they were broken up. So at the time that this happened that I know of, she wasn't dating anybody. Like I hadn't met anybody new aside from, you know, her being married to my youngest sister's dad and then the other boyfriend after him. So if she was like talking to somebody or seeing somebody and it was new, I didn't know about that. Um, that that most recent relationship, the boyfriend, the most recent one, um, was he coming back around and calling her or did they have a pretty much a clean break? I couldn't tell you. Okay. I just knew that they broke up. I don't, I don't really even know the circumstances of why they broke up. understandable i mean it's um like you like you mentioned before you were busy you were doing you know all these different things you worked you just graduated i mean it's it makes sense that you wouldn't know all the specifics about that kind of stuff yeah i mean this was like the summer i mean it was 13 days after i graduated but we did like the project graduation and then you know you're like hanging out with your friends and going to bonfires. And I, I wasn't home very much between work and hanging out with my friends before everybody went to college and, you know, the summer after your senior year. So I can't, I don't, I mean, even when the school year was on, I was almost, I spent more time away from home than I was at home. I was just at home to sleep basically my whole senior year. (laughs) I went to school and then I also worked anywhere from like 40 to 60 hours a week. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I, any free time I had, I was at, I was down the street at my best friend's house or with other friends. Um, I mean, I was constantly busy. And senior year is so busy. I have a recent high school graduate, and it's just one activity after another, especially that second semester. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're getting – I was in the drill team, so, like, we – I was staying late for that, too, because you're doing, like, all the senior activities, and then you do, like, the senior nights and doing – getting – you know, there's football season, so that's busy. And then at the second semester, you're doing, like – shows and competitions and so i mean i was really busy i knew that they broke up i didn't i didn't really know the circumstances my mom and i were close and we talked all the time but i think it was just one of those boundaries that she chose not to cross you know which Mm -hmm. is just like a i'm not we're not friends it's mother daughter you know yeah so 
I couldn't, I couldn't tell you why, or I don't even really remember when it happened. I mean, I was so busy. You're a senior, you're all self-consumed in your own self, you know, you think you know everything. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, you're just running around doing your own thing. Right. I had a question. I gotta remember it. Oh, (laughs) did, did, um, Kimberly, do you and your older sister have the same dad? Um, I'm the oldest. And then. Um, and then my other sister, she's 18 months apart from where her and I are 18 months apart. She's 18 months younger and we have the same dad. Okay. Um, and then my, our youngest, youngest sister, um, Mackenzie, she has a different dad and we're, her and I are nine years apart. So. Mm -hmm. And did they live in Waxahachie as well? Um, well, Mackenzie lived with my mother and I, and then Amanda, my sister that her and I share the same dad. She lived in New Braunfels with my dad, Mm. um, at the time of this, but her dad lived in Red Oak. Oh, the youngest one. Yes. Okay. So just the town over still in the area. So, you know, she would go with him like every other weekend and, and then like every other holiday or however it was. And then like for four weeks in the summer. So, I mean, she saw him just just as much as she was home with us. Was Mackenzie's dad nice? Did they have an amicable relationship? I know there was a divorce, but were they was it a decent amount of interaction there that wasn't negative? Um, that I remember, yes. I mean, I wasn't really around for like exchanges and and stuff like that. I mean, they they could be in the same room for sure. Um. But, like, if there was, you know, I didn't really know about it. I mean, I don't – he would come into the house and pick Mackenzie up on weekends or drop Mackenzie off and, you know, that kind of thing. So he wasn't obviously hostile. If if he was that way, you didn't see it. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. No stalking or anything like that? No. Okay. I mean, not that I'm aware of. Right. And and you didn't hear anything about the boyfriend stalking or being weird after they broke up? Um, that, The most recent boyfriend that she had after the divorce. Right. I don't know if he was stalking, um, but I, I know that he was like, you know, he really, really, really liked my mother. Um, but I don't know if he was like stalking because I really don't know the circumstances of their breakup either. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. Okay. I mean, I never noticed anybody around the house, but I was always in and out of the house at weird times anyways. Right. So, and you're just, you you know, you're a senior and you're living your own life and you think you know everything. So you're oblivious to things that are going on around you. Right. This whole situation, I can tell you everything. I'm so hyper aware now. um, And I wish it, I was before that because then maybe i would know some of these things oh, but yeah. but you had no reason to be i mean at 18 right girl, you really didn't absolutely you should have been you should have been doing exactly you were, what doing, you were doing yeah you were doing exactly what you should have been doing right so i mean if if there was i didn't know about it um whenever um uh so fast forward to the investigation. Have you been uh, have you been 
kept updated by police? Do they keep you in the loop on how things are going with the investigation? Um, uh, so I've spent the last two years, um, traveling with my two kids and my, their father, um, his job is a job that travels. And so we bought a camper and we hit the road. Um, so it's been hard for me to like go down when I am in town, we're spending so much time with family that I don't always get a chance to go over there. Um, but I plan on going to the police station and kind of just getting a catch up because, about a year or a year and a half ago, my sisters and I went and we just, um, there was new detectives um, placed on the case. Um, I know one of the main detectives, he retired. And so these new detectives came on and opened the case and brought us in and just wanted to kind of like, you know, um, talk to us and inform us of things that they, you know, were wanting to do. Um but I haven't talked to, I've talked to them a few times since, but, um, there was years where I didn't call, you know, I was too busy grieving, if you want to call it that probably. Um, and I just didn't call, but I know that my, um, grandpa, my mom's dad would email with the detectives regularly, you know, years and years and years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, but, I haven't spoke to them in a while, but you know, there's not real, there's not much they can tell us either too. You know, there are, they can tell us things, um, but there are some things that they can't tell us. And, you know, that's fine. What I, what they are able to tell us, um, we're, we're happy with that. You know, they can give us more information, the more that they do. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't spoke to them in a while, but I plan on going up there soon just to kind of get a recap. I do feel like they're doing more with this set of detectives than maybe the last set. So I'm optimistic about that for sure. Is your mom's dad still alive and getting updates from police currently? That I don't know. And maybe, maybe they were doing more back then. I'm the older detective, the old set. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. um, but he is not alive. He oh. recently passed. Oh, I'm sorry so, yes. But I don't think that they were still in communication in, so. in recent years. I don't think that he even spoken. I mean, they were like frequent. I mean, for like years, he would email once a day mm -hmm. and they would email back and always, you know, say kind of the same thing. Like they can only say so much, you know, um, but I think it's been years even before he passed that he has spoken to somebody. Okay. That makes sense because so many, so many years had passed. And, you know, everyone's a lot more active in these things at the yeah. beginning. Um, is, does, um, oh, yeah, I mean, you can only do so much before it kind of just, you know, I think it just got to a point where there was nothing else to learn mm -hmm. at that moment, you know. And mm -hmm. even for us, we were like, okay, so what next? You know, like we have all this information, but like we can't really do anything with it, you know. Do you feel so, like law but, do you feel like you know, law enforcement has a suspect or do you feel like they're totally lost or 
What's your feeling on where it's going? Um, I'm not sure if I should answer that question. Okay. That's okay. <clears throat> now I know, um, I think it was last year. I don't really know the, the date, the month and the year, uh, month and of when they did it, but Crime Stoppers, um, put an ad in the paper for uh, your mom's murder. And yes, I, I feel like that's one of the, just one of the few things that people can do is to share the information, like the flyer that I made. Um, we posted it on our social media. Um, that's just, to me, that's one of the few things that can be done at a point when a case has become cold and there's nothing else to work at. You know, it's just to share right. that information in hopes that maybe somebody will come forward because we've found, and I'm sure everybody knows this, um, people are afraid to talk. They're afraid of, you know, maybe being harmed themselves or, or you know, whatever the case is. But I feel like that is, you know, probably one of the few things that can be done. You're right. It's just once it gets to a certain point, you know, what else can they do until something new comes along? So um, right. I did want to notate that, you know, Crime Stoppers of Ellis County did put an ad in the paper um, in hopes of yes. getting tips in. And then, you know, we made the flyers um, that I sent you and, hope, you know, just hope that people can continue sharing it, hoping to get some more information in. Um, is right. there a reward in the case? Um, I think that it's $10,000. I remember when it was posted in the paper uh-huh. because Waxahachie Daily Light also put it on their um, Facebook uh-huh. and then people were sharing it. Nice. Um, okay. I actually shared it from one of my friends and then I don't, I think like 50 or 60 people shared it from my page because uh-huh. I mean, all my friends, anytime it pops up, everybody's sharing it all over social media and stuff. Right. And I appreciate that because, you know, as you get older, you make new, you meet and make new connections with people and then you add them on your social media and it mm-hmm. you just never know that, you know, I have my pros and cons with social media and that's definitely a pro is being able right. to share information like that. Right. Um, definitely. And anytime it pops, if I see it in my memories i go ahead and share it again i don't check those every day so but i probably should so it will pop back up and i can reshare it every year well i'll definitely um, put that flyer yeah, on, re- our, on our instagram our instagram is true crime rods i'll put it on there it's so easy to share from instagram to your stories and okay um it'll be on our i think it already was but we'll put it back again on our true crime rods facebook page so people can share it from there I put it on our Twitter right. as well. I put I did a a little just a little commentary um, about the Missy Beavers case and the Jennifer Kinder Smiles case um, on our TikTok. So it's also on our um, Twitter. <laughs> I'll never get on oh, there, so okay. can't even think of the name of it. <laughs> but anyway, I, yeah, I tried to Twitter years ago, and I just was like, I don't understand this. We so don't I either. Have one, but don't. I don't even know how to access it anymore. It's been either. so long. We don't either. So I just get on there and share it and just hashtag it. You know, I don't know what else to do. So if anybody else has any ideas of what else we can do with that, but I just post a picture and, you know, hashtag it, you know, so, um, but yeah, it is on there. I mean, I guess that's all you can do at this point, you know, and I hate that it has become quiet in your mom's case. I do hope that there will be justice. And I, I believe that in my mind, somebody out there knows something. I I mean, it, it just, you know right. what I mean? Whether it's somebody was missing or somebody made a comment or, you know, just something. I just, 
I mean, that's all you can do is just keep pushing forward and hope that um, people continue to share it until tips come in. And also, when you talk to investigators, ask them if tips are still coming in about the case. Oh, that's I see. I go in and I just am like, "What's new?" Because yeah. I don't, you know, I've never been in this situation before, so I right. don't know, you know, what to ask. That is a good question. I know that they the, and I don't know how much the old set of detectives did because I was young and so right. I was grieving in the only way that I knew how to because you know how do you process that so I didn't keep up with them <coughs> but this new set of detectives that I talked to with my sisters about a year or so ago I'm really optimistic about you know um, their enthusiasm on the case and and the th- the ideas and plans that they have um, and I know that they had plans to work with Crime Stoppers. So um, that was really what I wanted to touch on with my visit. But I will ask about that. I That's not something I ever thought to ask. That's um, a good question. Thank you. You're welcome. We just, we think about that because of the, we, you know, got the billboard a couple years ago for the Missy Beavers case. And uh, we were just curious, is this working? Because people are donating money and we don't want it to just be sitting there and people are sending money right. and it's not working. So we would get updates about that and, and we would definitely find out that there was tons of tips coming yeah, in from the billboards. Really, so, it really helped. Yeah. <clears throat> so we really appreciated that and knowing that it was helping. Well, Kimberly, before we wrap up, um, without saying who it is, of course, do you feel like you have a suspect in mind? <clears throat> Excuse me. Just choking. I am going to choose not to answer that question. Okay. Yeah. We respect we, we that. We totally understand. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on True Crime Broads. We are so sorry for your loss. And thank you for coming on and spending time with us and explaining the story. And we really hope that this podcast will help bring some more tips, too. Uh, yes. We're on Spotify thank you. and Apple. We're on all, all of the platforms. So hopefully the right person will hear it that has a good tip that will lead to an arrest and a conviction. Yeah. And if you notice our, our if you're on our page, uh, our true crime broads page, you'll be able to see the posts that we put on there. Cause I try to do different ones. If one particular flyer doesn't, you know, hit it off as good, I guess best way I can explain it. I'll do a different one, you know, that may attract people's attention better or something. So just like our page and maybe if you see a different one that we put on there, just maybe share it or whatever. And, you know, just maybe, maybe that'll help. Well, I just went on to my um, Spotify and followed the um, podcast. Awesome. Thank you. I'll be able to share that because you can share podcasts and stuff through Spotify. And so I'll, great. I will thank do you. that. Okay. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, we thank, thank you, you so much for coming on and please Anytime. don't, please Anytime. don't. Okay, great. And if maybe down the road, we can do a part two if some things change and we can discuss that and, Reach yeah. out to us anytime. If you think of any way that we can help, please don't hesitate to shoot us a message. Okay. All right. Definitely. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure Thank having you. you on True Crime Broads. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you you Bye-bye. too.